Absolute Radio Country is filled with the best sounds from Nashville 24 hours a day. But even we can't fit in everything. You'll find a full story right here. This is Country Music Talk, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of the world of country music. Hi there, it's Baylin Leonard with another edition of the Country Music Talk podcast from Absolute Radio Country. So this is the place where I interview the biggest and the best stars from country music. Now, of course, the interview goes out on my daily show on Absolute Radio Country, but right here is where you get the full unedited interview with all the bits that we couldn't put in on the radio because of time or something else. It's all right here. On this edition of the podcast, I'm talking to the incredible Ingrid Andress, her latest album, Good Person. It's out now. And of course, we're going to talk about that, but also we just wanted to talk about her journey to Nashville, her songwriting, and just get to know her a little bit better. She's earned multiple Grammy nominations as well as CMA and ACM nominations, so surely she feels part of the furniture in Nashville now. We'll find out. This is Ingrid Andress. This is the Country Music Talk Podcast from Absolute Radio Country. It's Absolute Radio Country. I'm Balin Leonard. Our special guest today, Ingrid Andress. Welcome, Ingrid. How good to talk to you. Woohoo! Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's a pleasure. I saw you uh, in the UK. What was it about a month ago? You came over and did a little showcase. I did. Yes, I had to cancel the tour that I was going to do over there. So I was like, well, I can't just not go for another entire year. So I just last minute decided to do a little pop up show. I always think it's really special to see somebody in quite an intimate venue. It's special for the audience, certainly. Is it special for you as well? It is. I honestly love playing all types of types, but I just love intimate events like that because I'm such a storyteller. Mm -hmm. And so it gives me a chance to really connect with people and kind of share the stories behind the songs, which I find to be really interesting when other artists do that. Yeah, and I think that in those in those intimate venues, when you as an artist can look the audience literally right in the eye, as opposed to them becoming kind of a mass of people beyond the lights, create something that creates a little bit more of a bond in some sort of special way. Yes, I agree, because you're actually getting to have real conversations with real people, whereas when I'm on the stage for the Keith tour, I can't just plop down on stage and be like, how are you doing in the front row? <laughs> Like, I mean, I could, but I, that would take up my entire set time. So, yes, exactly. Uh, uh, we should say your wonderful new album, Good Person, out now, which is fantastic. And I'm assuming that, like a lot of people, was this kind of sitting there gathering dust for a little while over the past couple of years with, you know, COVID and cancellations and stuff. And then you put it out now, or was it always kind of a work in progress that was meant to be out now? It was always a work in progress. I basically started writing it right after my first album came out because mm -hmm. that was at the beginning of the pandemic. And I was like, well, I uh, can't tour and promote this first album. So I should probably just start working on the second one. A lot of my life changed in that period of time. So this album sort of like traces the steps of how everything sort of went down in that two year chapter period of my life. Do you mean it, it changed like in the way that all of our lives change with COVID and stuff like that? Or did you have other stuff going on on top of that? Definitely the COVID of it all. But I was getting out of a not great relationship and then right. getting into a new one. And that's not really something I've ever sang about before. But I couldn't really write about anything else because I was the only thing that was happening to me during that time. So I think a lot of the introspective songs and 
bringing people through the relationship storyline was sort of just what was happening in my life at the time. Well, that's one of the great things about your music and good music in general is, is this stuff that it might be very personal to you, but it's something that everybody can relate to, right? Yes. And I've been finding that the more authentic you are, and vulnerable, I think the more powerful it is. And obviously it's terrifying, but I've found that people trust you more when you're more open about what you've experienced. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, there's quite a few artists that I've spoken to that have maybe come to that realization later on in their career and then had the biggest success that they've ever had in terms of being vulnerable, being open, talking about those personal things that, like you say, are pretty terrifying and things that I think up until recently, we weren't really encouraged to talk about a lot of super personal stuff. You know, you could talk about personal things in a generalized way, but it's now okay to talk about mental health. It's okay to talk about not being okay. And before, whether in music or art or anything else, there were always artists that did that, but they seemed to be the outliers. And now it seems to be the thing that, hey, it's okay. You know, we're, we're all, like you said earlier, we're all the same. We all go through a lot of the same stuff. And if we talk about it, not only is it better for everybody, but the art is better. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And I feel like, you know, a lot of the times, at least in country at this moment in time, everyone's just, you know, the radio is like, we need upbeat, happy all the time. And you're like, well, what if you don't feel that way all the time? Like, yeah, and who that's does? a very specific type of way to go about sharing music. And so for the longest time, at least from what I noticed during the pandemic, Nobody was actually writing about what they were going through. They were talking about like going to the club. I'm like, are you really going to the club? <laughs> yeah, which club? Because they're yeah. in violation of the law. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it, it kind of prompted me and moved me to be more real uh, just because I couldn't find any songs that I was really relating to in that moment in time because the human instinct is to avoid discomfort. And I feel like I just kind of sat in it for a little while before starting to write happier songs. So you were the co-writer on every single track on this new album, Good Person, right? Yes, and co-producer. That's amazing. Congratulations on that. And and you wrote with some really great people as well. Um, Shane McAnally comes to mind. I mean, what a prolific and storied songwriter he is. He's worked with so many people, Casey Musgraves and loads of our favorites. Have you known him long? Did you just meet him on this? No, we actually have known each other for a while because of my song, Ladylike. He had tried writing a song called Ladylike and it didn't didn't work oh, right. out the way that he wanted it to. <laughs> right. So he reached out to like take a meeting with me because he just wanted to talk about that song. And he was like, you wrote it so much better than I could have even imagined. Like, would you be down to write sometime? So it started very organically as just two songwriters admiring each other. I mean, I geeked out over all his songs too and sure. asked him about the writing process. So it just sort of naturally came together that we wanted to write together. And it was really fun because... I always try to write with people who I think are better than me so right. that I can get better. I never want to be the best writer in the room. That's a good approach to it. And it's also really nice to hear that it happened organically because I know um, a lot of people, and I know this does happen as well, you know, like somebody's manager will call somebody else's manager or you're on the same label and, you know, and, and that's all fine and great, great songs have come out of that as well. But it's always nice to hear that somebody just admired somebody else and said and reached out you know themselves and said hey let's meet 
let's do something together. That's great. Yes. I always prefer those interactions than something that's manufactured. But I, I do get both sides of like why sometimes people do need to like make it more of a business thing. But I, I think for me as a songwriter and artist, I think it's really easy to find the people that you want to write with because you just know how they write and you know the songs that they've written. And you're like, I want songs like that. Sam Hunt and your song, Wishful Drinking. We can't get enough of that on Absolute Radio Country. We've been playing the pants off of it. A, it's a great song. B, I love the title. Did the title come before the song? Because it's one of those titles that you think, it seems like you would think of that, you know, Wishful Drinking to be like, oh my God, I've got to do something with this. So did it come first or did the song come first? The title definitely came first. You are correct. That title's been in my phone for a long time and I've tried writing it multiple times and this was the first time where i was like oh finally like all right this one's good because there were a few other versions that came before this one that were not not as great every time we play it i say i really hope that there is a merch t-shirt that says wishful (laughs) drinking because i want it please tell me there it is i i couldn't tell you i think there still is somewhere come on on the website i know i'll check for you so uh we were talking that you're out on the road with keith urban at the moment you've also toured quite heavily with dan and shay as well um do these people become friends the the longer that you tour with them or did they start out as friends what's the deal with with you and keith and dan and shay for me and keith our relationship started on an interesting note because um Uh uh-oh exclusive exclusive so i was writing for my first album and i wrote my song called both and somehow there was a misunderstanding because i was like this is my song but one of the people somehow it made it to his team and he people thought that i was pitching it and he was like oh amazing i'm gonna record this Right. And so I basically had to tell Keith Urban he couldn't record my song <laughs> oh, no. as like a nobody. I'm like, you know, I didn't even have any music out yet. But anyway, so then after that, I think he just respected that I was protective of my songs. And he invited me to open for him for a couple nights uh, in Las Vegas just to kind of maybe test me out. Mm-hmm. And then he I guess he was really impressed because he was like, hey, you should come on tour with me. And I was like, are you sure you don't hate me? (laughs) (laughs) We've had him on the show many times. And one of the things that I'm always impressed by every time we speak, we, we talk about what he's listening to. And he always has his finger on the pulse. He's always listening to new artists, new music. Sometimes he knows those artists or, or you know, has met them. Sometimes he's never met them and he's just a fan of their music. And I always think that's so impressive because somebody that is as big and busy as Keith Urban doesn't need to do that. It just shows that he actually still really loves discovering new music and new artists. Yes. And that's something, you know, the more that I've gotten to know him and we've been talking, that is something about him that I also admire because he's just constantly searching for the next thing. And I feel like I can relate to that. And most genuine artists can, because, you know, we're always seeking new forms of art because that's just how our brains work. We're just constantly curious about what's out there. So I think that's why he's still relevant and he's been doing this for so long and, and yet he's still out there rocking it. I mean, at the top of his game, absolutely. When when we were talking to him about his Vegas show, and he and I was like, surely you're going to have like sequins and fire and rain and all the things that happen in a Vegas show. He was like, I don't know. You know, he was like, I'd like to just go out there and rock it. So you, 
as an opener for him in Vegas. Did you feel the need to like, more rhinestones, please? Can I have more feathers on this jacket? What are we, hair bigger? <laughs> Did you feel that need? I um really thought about it, but he basically was like, oh, just do it. It was the ultimate test because I had to entertain this auditorium of people just on a grand piano. Right. So I had to really uh, pull out all the stops to make it interesting. But apparently it went well. So, well, I think, you know, um, having been to Vegas a few times and seen shows and stuff, I love all that spectacle. Of course, everybody does. But also, I think it's so impressive when somebody can just hold a room, particularly in a city like that, can hold a room with their songs and their voice or, you know, their, their, their musicality or whatever it is. I think that takes guts and it's hugely impressive when it works. Not everybody can do that. Some people need, you know, some people need the fire and the rain and all that, the lasers. I mean, I would love those maybe one day, but yeah, they don't hurt for sure. Anybody can have them, but I'm just saying, you know, sometimes people have to rely on those a little bit more heavily than other people. For sure. And I think me starting as a songwriter really helped me learn how to entertain people through the story. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if it's not bright and flashy lights, it's just relatable. So I don't have to really do too much other than tell the stories of the songs. But don't get me wrong. I was very nervous. I was like, these people are like Vegas. They're ready to be entertained. I'm like, I only (laughs) have sad songs on this piano. I'm like, this could go terribly poorly, but ended up being fine. And what about Dan and Shay? So I knew Shay for a while because they've been trying to break out as artists since I, even before I moved to Nashville. So Shay, I just knew was like the best singer in all of the town. And so um, I just see him out a lot at bars. And so when Tequila came out and they really broke out, I was just so pumped for them and still stayed in contact and I've written with them a few times. So that was a really fun, fun tour to be on since we already all kind of knew each other from when we first got to Nashville. Oh yeah. That's always good to have friends that you kind of came up with. They were in the class, like a few steps ahead of me because they had been (laughs) grinding for way longer than I had. Um, But once they broke out, I was so pumped for them because they have worked so hard to get to where they are. I've seen quite a few people describe you as an outsider in Nashville who came in, did things your own way. But now that you've had all of these nominations, Grammy Award nominations, CMA, ACM. Do you feel like you're part of the the family now? Or do you feel like an insider now? Or did you feel like an outsider? And how do you feel now? Uh, yeah, I definitely did. Because I I feel like I got a lot of resistance for doing things the way that I wanted to do them. Because country is very traditional in that way. And so is just the South in general. Mm. So there are still moments where I think people are like, oh, she doing but i think because the songs have proven to be so relatable people aren't as up in arms about me wanting to try different sounds and do different things because i think everyone's just accepted the fact that i'm always going to do things the way i want to do them and so i think everyone was just a little flustered at the beginning that i wasn't following their their guidelines are you from the south i'm from colorado so that's a whole other vibe going on out there it is (laughs) Which is hilarious because I thought Western and Southern were going to be the same things. <laughs> right. I'm like, yeah, we all wear cowboy hats and like we're, you know, ride horses. And and then I get to the South and I'm like, oh, oh, this is not 
like where I grew up at all. So it took me a second to really get adjusted and, and learn more about the culture. And, you know, I thought I knew everything there was to know, but I guess I didn't. So it was more of like a start from scratch kind of situation of like, okay, what is a Southern bell? What? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So- I was like, Southern 101 with Ingrid. Yes. <laughs> so I drove to Nashville and I stopped somewhere in my first interaction in Nashville. Somebody walked up to me and was like, Hey, what church do you go to? All right. and I was like, I just got here. I don't know. Also, what a weird question to ask somebody. <laughs> yeah. I mean, having just gotten back from, from Nashville, there's plenty to choose from. Oh yes. Like there's a so church on every corner in Nashville, Tennessee. There is. Do you ever miss home? I do. Yeah. I miss all the activities. I'm such a big nature girl. That's usually what I do if I'm needing to fill my cup up. The air, the the mountains are beautiful. The sky. There's just a lot more activity to do. And who were you listening to growing up? My neighborhood friends would burn me CDs of like all these different types of music because my parents were really strict right? and would only let me listen to Christian music. So I learned, I grew up listening to all types of music depending on what my friends were listening to. So it could be, you know, Slipknot is the first song and then Garth Brooks is the second and then <laughs> right. Blink-182 is the third. So I feel like I got exposed to a lot of different genres. We all listen to all different types of music, right? And so it makes sense that Whatever genre you're in, and since we're talking about country, it makes sense that as country artists, that you bring in all those influences that that kind of shaped your, not only your musical taste, but kind of shaped your life. It makes sense. Yes. And country music historically has always, you know, taken from different genres that existed before. So to me, I'm like, well, why does that need to stop? Why stop now? Let's just keep it, keep it going. Yeah, it keeps evolving. That's what we love about it. Ingrid Andres, thank you so much for having a little chat with us here on Absolute Radio Country. Any plans to come back over to the UK anytime soon? Yes, I'm planning a tour right now. Oh, yeah. And so I just, we're figuring out all the different cities. But once we get those finalized, I will announce it. And I cannot wait. 2023, that's when you're coming? Yes. Okay, you heard it here. Ingrid Andres yes. is coming to the UK to do actual shows in 2023. We can't wait to see you over here. Yes. In the meantime, we'll keep on playing your music. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that. That is a pleasure. And I'll look forward to seeing you when you're over here. Thanks for chatting with us, Ingrid. Yes, of course. Thank you. I'll see you next year. The Country Music Talk podcast from Absolute Radio Country. An in-depth look behind the scenes at the world of country music. My huge thanks to Ingrid Andress for joining me on the podcast. So great to catch up with her. And a big thank you to you for listening as well. Remember, if you want to get your hands on more of these podcasts, and all you have to do is subscribe. And the latest edition of Country Music Talk will drop right there on your device, ready for you whenever you want it. Meanwhile, if you want to find out all the latest country music news, then make sure you're following us on Instagram. We're at Absolute Radio Country. And on Twitter, we're at AR Country. Give us a follow and you'll never miss a moment. Right, I gotta go, but remember, keep it country. If you enjoy the Country Music Talk podcast, chances are you'll also enjoy Absolute Radio Country. It's the place where real music matters, and we love country music just as much as you do. You'll find us online on the free Absolute Radio app on digital radio throughout the UK, or just ask your smart speaker to play Absolute Radio Country. 